So we celebrate Mother's Day. We celebrate, and we should celebrate Mother's Day. We should celebrate parenthood. We should celebrate raising people. It is hard, right? Some of your parents are like, uh-huh, I know that's right. Pete and Lissa are just finding out. Yeah, it's a, right? They, it's cool. It's cool. It's worth it. Man, there's, no, there's just such a blessing to have, have your children grow up and be successful and grow up and be just, good, just cool people, right? But I think something more important that we need to be talking about, not par- as we celebrate parenthood, and, and, and don't think I'm not, but we need to be talking about what it means to be a spiritual parent. What it means to be a, a, a someone who is taking somebody else that is not as far along as they are and, and, and bringing them up in the faith. It is it, because eternally, we're talking about it being more important than, e- than anything that moms or dads can do if they're, if they're physically. Because all of us, I mean, let's, let's be honest. This is a, a great building. It's had some, had some work done on it. And we've, you know, it's kind of a nice facility now. And that, I mean, it is, you know, it's, it's been updated. But in 100 years, it probably might be like leveled. We're all probably going to be in the grave. Happy Mother's Day. Um, and <laughs> I promise it's going to be a happy message, right? But here's the, but here's the thing, guys. What, what, what then, right? I mean, we can raise the greatest kids in the world, culturally speaking. And if they don't know Jesus, man, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bad, bad thing going on called hell i mean i'm just i'm trying to be honest about what we're talking about and i want to kind of give you guys some some facts and some figures of what we're talking about. we've been talking about this whole idea of more and getting money and i know a lot of people come in they go oh man church is all about money church is all... guys what you're sensing is a is, is a true thing i want you to understand this here's the first thing i've got for you 1.5 million dollars 1.5 million dollars that is the cost to baptize one person in the United States. I, I want to let you know, too, that we ran the numbers for New City Church. It's for us to baptize one person, basically the, the total budget divided by the number of baptisms, or is that vice versa? I can't do math on the fly. It's about $6,500, all right? I still think that's too much. And I, and I think when we start talking about spiritual parenthood, once you understand why that's such a, I mean, God must be going, are you kidding me? What are you doing, right? Guys, America, American church. In India, it's about $9,500. I think in Mumbai, it's like 1500 bucks or something. It's crazy what's going on. Here's another thing. Uh, Hawaii. Ooh, everybody wants to go. Everybody's like, whoo, Hawaii, right? That's the only state in the union that church attendance grew faster than the population between 2000 and 2009. The only state. 19 million. That's the total number of converts to Christianity every year. Total number of babies in, Christi- in the Christian walk, if you will. 19 million. That's the total number of defections from Christianity every year. We're making no ground, guys. Um, Ed Stetzer wrote in an article called uh, for Christianity Day. It was called uh, uh, The State of Church in America. Hint, it's not dying. There's good news, actually. What's happening, he says, is that the actual, real, true, genuine, convictional Christians are actually starting to stay in the churches and build the churches, while the nominal Christians are finding it a whole lot easier in our culture just to leave. 
And so what he said in 1990, according to this uh, article, it said in 1990, about 86% of Americans called themselves Christians. In, uh, what was it, 2000, or today, 2000, I think it was 12 or 13. Today, it's about 75%. According to what people say, they're losing ground. But I would say all those fo- a lot of those folks were people that were calling them, themselves Christians that were really not because now it's, not as, 1990 wasn't quite as cool not to call yourself a Christian. Now it probably, probably is. Stetzer, he breaks these three, down, these three um, kinds of Christians down into what's called cultural, congregational, and convictional. Let me go through those things real quick, and then we'll get into the meat of the message. Cultural are about one-third of the self-proclaimed Christians who are essentially what I call, and some people said I shouldn't say this word, but I'm going to say it because it's the only way I know how to pronounce it, chinos. They only, and they're Christians in name only. They basically don't have any faith other than they identify themselves as a Christian only probably because they're not Muslim or atheist. That's what they, you know, you know what I'm saying? They're, we know people like that. So yeah, they're the kinds of, guys, kinds of folks say, I don't really need a church. I'm just American. I was brought up Christian, so I guess that's what I am. Second type is congregational. And this is about one-third of the, say, an, a, another one-third of the self-proclaimed Christians who are at least affiliated with a church. So now we're talking about two-thirds of the people that the only difference between them and uh, the non-unbelievers, if you will, are they call themselves Christians, maybe they're not affiliated with the church, or they call themselves Christians and they happen to be members of a church. Those are the two, that's two-thirds of the American population of, of Christians. The third one is a convictional Christian. These are people who are living out their faith at least to the point, at minimum, they have had a life change and they, that they associate with Jesus. So they have had a moment, whether it be an emotional moment, and they say, I've, 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 I'm a different person in some way, and, I, and it's attributed to, to Jesus. Here's the thing. Matt Miller, you guys have, have heard him speak here. He's our directional leader for New City Church, and he said this many times. He said, it makes, makes no sense for Jesus to come to earth, fulfill hundreds of prophecies, live a perfect life, die a horrible death on the cross also that we can become comfortable in our walk with jesus and spend an hour at church each sunday guys we got empty i mean we got some empty i mean this is a great crowd right we still got some empty chairs why why guys are we we excited about his kingdom i mean we're associated i you know i would hope that most of us in here are, are actually saved but here's the thing is that what God has called us to be? I would say no. And I want to talk about that here in just, in just a little bit. But what we need, what the church needs, are people that are willing to grow in the Lord and people that are willing to walk beside them and be their spiritual parent since it's Mother's Day, right? And, and talk to them and say, hey, this is what it means to be in the Lord. This is what it means. Guys, if we actually took that initiative and did that, which we are desperately trying to do at New City Church, we actually did that. It would revolutionize the church. It would revolutionize our culture. It would revolutionize the world. That's, what we that's, that's why it's important for us to understand. God has called us to be a spiritual parent. 2 Peter 3, 14 through 18. Peter, one of, this, one of the, the, the disciples that walked with Jesus, said this. He said, therefore, dear friends, since you are waiting for these things, and this is the coming back of the Son of Man, he said, strive to be found at peace without spot or blemish when you come into his presence. And regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, 
just as also our dear brother Paul wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him. Speaking of these things in all his letters, some things in these letters are hard to understand, right? Things that the ignorant and the unstable twist to their own destruction. How many have we known people that will twist the scriptures to their own destruction, right? Oh, or they'll, think, they'll, they'll say, yeah, I need, to, I need to justify my own sins. I'll twist it a little bit that way. Therefore, and he said, as they also do to the rest of the scriptures, meaning, meaning uh, Peter is actually affirming Paul's writings as scripture. I love that. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard that you do not get led astray by the error of these unprincipled men and fall from your firm grasp on the truth. But what does that say? But grow. That's a command, right? Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the honor both now and on that eternal day. Guys, let me ask you a question. You know I'm a teacher, and I love answers when I ask questions, right? He goes, oh, crap, here he goes again. But here's the thing. Whose responsibility is it for us to grow? It's ours, isn't it, right? It is our responsibility. I mean, here it is. It says, you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My question is, if you're a baby Christian, or if you're a baby, period, like Pete and Alyssa's little daughter, Manna Grace, right? Is she going to grow herself, or is she going to need to be raised? I can't hear you. I'm sorry, what? She needs to be raised, right? So why is it any different spiritually in the church? Why do we think we can dunk somebody and just leave them there? It's like abandoning a baby. We would all go, oh, you can't do that. But spiritually, we're doing it all the time. And that's one of the biggest problems in the church today. So as we celebrate Mother's Day, guys, what does it mean to truly be a spiritual parent? What we need are parents that will raise people into spiritual maturity. All New City Church says. So uh, according to this, uh, if you guys are in discipling at all, you, you've got this thing called a Putman Circle. And we have this. We, we, Jim Putman is just a, just a great discipleship mind. I mean, he talks about, but this, this circle talks about the different levels of maturity, and it goes from baby to teenager, and on this side of the circle, it goes from, like, uh, if I can get this right, it, uh, adult and then parent, okay? So if you ever hear anybody talking about maturity level on the left-hand side of the circle, right? Like a fitness instructor, right? Oh, use, your, use your left left-hand side of the circle or right-hand side, you know, where are we, you know, we do self-assessments all the time, things like that. I want to go over some of these things because this is important for us to understand. By the way, how's the temperature in here? Are we hot, cold, we good, muggy? Everything's good? All right, we turned the AC down a little bit too, so we're good. Here's the thing. At the top of the circle, if you want to talk about it, we're talking about spiritually dead people. These are people that are characterized either by ignorance about Jesus or arrogance about him. And everybody here started this way. So don't, you know, if we, then this is, this is when I talk about ignorance about Jesus, meaning they've never heard the name of Jesus. No one's ever talked to them about Jesus. Or they have heard about Jesus and they're just simply arrogant about it. It's like, I don't need Jesus. You know, you could spot a spiritually dead, dead person by, um, by things that they do and they say. One thing they'll say, it's like, well, I go to church, so I'm a Christian, right? It's one of those, one of those uh, cultural Christians, if you will. Or, or you'll say things like, oh, the Bible's just full of errors and contradictions, and it's really not God's word, and it's handed down by generations. Guys, we understand, and we have studied, and we have truly gotten into all that kind of stuff and found out that it is absolutely true beyond reasonable doubt 
But this is the word of God that we are reading from. Oh, they'll say things like, all roads lead, all roads lead to God, or, or there is no such thing as right and wrong. My favorite thing that a spiritual dead person will be going, yeah, but, right? You talk to them about Jesus. Hey, do you know, do you know Jesus? You know, well, I don't believe in Jesus. Well, well, Jesus actually rose from there. Yeah, but what about all the different, right? Yeah, well, you know, the, the Bible says, yeah, but the Bible is not, catch what I'm saying. That's one of the things you'll hear a spiritually dead person say. And so what I'm telling you is that from an evangelical standpoint, man, if you recognize that those kinds of words coming from somebody, you might be able to help them into the kingdom and become their spiritual parent. Then you got this thing called a, a baby or a child. And these folks are characterized by a new love of Jesus along with a ignorance of Scripture and truth. They're, they're needing basic knowledge. And that's, we're all there at, at some point. Some of us are here now, which is totally cool. All of us have been there at that, at that point if we are saved and in the kingdom at all. Here's what he, the writer of Hebrews says. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14 says this. For though you should in fact be teachers by this time, you need someone to teach you the beginning elements of God, God's utterances. You have gone back to needing milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced in the message of righteousness because he is a what? An infant. This is what the word says. But solid food is for the mature, whose perceptions are trained by practice to discern both good and and evil. So the writer of Hebrews is talking about the discernment between a spiritual baby and someone who has grown up and growing up in spiritual matters. Now you can spot an infant, and I love, love, love infants, man. I mean, spiritual infants. I just, I just get a kick out of it. My, my evangelical, you know, like gifting is like freaked out about people coming to know the Lord and getting baptized and all that kind of stuff. I love it, man. And one of the things I love about spiritual infants, because a lot of people say you're a spiritual infant, and we go, no, I'm not, right? Right? I mean. Guys, don't take that offensive. This is the, you're a new Christian. It's cool, right? It's, it's totally all right. Man, and I love babies. I love it. I mean, we're like, oh, look at these little babies, right? They're our babies. They got baptized and everything, right? It's so cool, right? Here's the problem. If in about 10 years we're still going, oh, look at these babies, there's a problem, man. I'm just saying, it's, it's just the way it goes. Moms are in here going, amen, amen. It's Mother's Day. Preach on, preacher. You can spot a spiritual infant, and, and, and you hope that the, the excitement about the Lord and that kind of thing is, is you know, we immediately can start bringing people along. That's why we disciple in our, in our church, man. But you can, if they're left to their own accord and having to grow themselves up, you'll hear them say things like, I don't need to go to church for you, Christian. Uh, newsflash, the church is the bride of Christ. And this is the bride he's going to be coming back for. And so if he says we need to be in his bride, then who are we to say we shouldn't? It's kind of like the, what does the scripture say? The, the clay saying to the potter, what, what are you, you going to make me into something, right? Who are you to make me? Other things they may say is, oh, I don't have time to be in a relationship with other Christians, right? Or I'm saved. Shoot, I don't need nothing else. <laughs> You've heard people say that, right? See, what we want to do is we want to bring these babies up, these children up, into what we call, uh, what Putman calls a spiritual teenager. 
this person is a spiritual teenager has moved on from, quote, spiritual milk like the writer of Hebrews talked about, but are, and, and may be self-centered. They tend to be a little bit self-centered. Teenagers tend to be self-centered. I love teenagers. Don't get me wrong, right? But I've worked with a bunch of them. Right? I've seen some of them that really want to grow up and some of them like, I don't want to grow up. I mean, I've, I've worked with both, right? Spiritually, it's kind of the same thing. Because I, I, I love the fact that, that spiritual teenagers on the right track have, a, have an understanding of a life change. See, when you're teenagers, you become self-aware, right? We got a lot of teenagers in here. We got, the, got a youth ministry. It's like starting to roll, man. It's beautiful. Love it. <laughs> Word up. I dig it. But here's the thing about, about uh, uh, spiritual teenagers. They, they, have this, they have this recognition that their life is different because you guys are self-aware. You, know, you knew what you were like when you were a child. You, you know you're kind of different physically and everything else. It's like, Wow. And so spiritual teenagers know this, and they, they, they go, wow, I recognize I was, I'm a different person. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a totally different person today. They have an outstanding like, a way to ask questions because they haven't been manipulated by denominations or traditions or anything like that in the church or versions of the Bible that people have crammed down their throat. You got to have the King James, man. You got to make it sound like Hamlet. I'm just telling you, right? All that kind of, all that kind of stuff that people say, we got to have it this way. They don't have, they don't have any, anything like that. They'll ask questions like, why do, we, why do we do it this way? And now, 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 if a spiritual teenager is on the wrong track, they'll say the same question in a different way rather than saying, hey, how come we do it this way? I mean, I'd really like to know. They go, why do we do it that way? Right? Right? Totally different question from the same team. We've got to be able to have spiritual parents in the house going, let's go. What's the attitude too? Jesus don't like that, right? I mean, we've got to have people like that. Amen? Amen. You can spot a spiritual teenager by what they do and say if they're on the wrong track. They'll say things like, I'm comfortable in my small group. That's what I want to be, is comfortable. That's wild. See, because Jesus is saying, hey, go out into the world and make disciples. That's not very comfortable, right? We're going to talk about that in a second. But the whole idea is for us not to be comfortable. Do I want to intentionally make you uncomfortable? No, I don't put tax in your chairs, right? Right? I would if we could keep them all straight. I'm sorry, it's just... That's a, that's a personal thing. I got chair straight problem with me. But yeah, we want to make sure you're comfortable. We do have the AC going on. We do have you know, things happening in here. We're not trying to be physically comfortable. But man, we want to push you into the next level spiritually. That's what we want to do. We don't want you to be comfortable. You know, if you're seeking, trying to find people that are just like you guys, try to find people that are different than you and be uncomfortable intentionally and grow in the Lord. Amen? God, I don't like the music. Right? Too loud, too soft, too many hymns, not enough hymns. You got all guy, you know, everything. You get the whole gamut of it. And I want to go deeper is what you'll hear some spiritual. And that sounds like that's spiritually mature, doesn't it? But what happens a lot of times when somebody says, I just want to, I just want the teaching to go deeper. I want to go deeper in the Lord. I want to go. What they're really wanting to do is wanting to be more comfortable in what they're where they are. That's what happens a lot of times. When you hear somebody say, I just think we ought to go deeper. Man, a lot of times they're a spiritual teenager. They don't even know it. And it sounds like it's right. And we sometimes don't pick up on it. Yeah, man, that sounds good. Actually, it, it depends on how it's asked. But if somebody does, like, you can tell the attitude. If somebody says, I, I, I really want to go deeper in the Lord and get in my knowledge and really be disciplined, that's totally different. Somebody says, I'm just not getting fed here. You can't tell, right? Because whose responsibility is it to grow in the Lord? ours exactly exactly no one is taking care of me 
Somebody needs to... Something here are spiritual teenagers say. I'm not comfortable with challenge. They'll back off when they're challenged spiritually and that kind of thing. Yeah. And this is one of my favorites. Hey, did you, uh, did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear about... Man, I heard they... Uh, a little bit of gossip, spiritual teenagers. See, what would happen if we all didn't put up with any of the gossip like hey did you talk to somebody else about that it's incredible we could be like a spiritual adult see a spiritual adult and this is what most people strive for a spiritual adult have become sure in the faith in the truth and in scripture they truly love god and and other people jesus said the greatest commandments are to love the lord your god with everything you have and every all your body soul mind everything you have and to love your neighbor as yourself right so these uh, spiritual adults have done that. And they've essentially grown up. Not only have they grown up, but they have a plan of action for, for growing up. They're focused on other people. They're grounded in the truth. They're not afraid to be accountable to other people. Guys, how many, how many of us are actually accountable spiritually to somebody else? They actually desire it. They've started to be self-sufficient spiritually. They're reading on their own. They're having their own daily quiet times. They're initiating things that need to be done rather than going somebody needs to right they're starting to recognize places of needed spiritual growth in their own lives and they're beginning to able to be able to differentiate between the good stuff and the god stuff now you can spot a spiritual adult by what they say and what they do they say like man i need to bring others into the this is a great service right and it is a great service great music mediocre preaching Great day at church today. Woo! And even if the music or something like that or the atmosphere what isn't to their personal taste, they are praising and building up the kingdom of God. They'll be asking questions like, how can I serve others better? They'll say crazy, radical things like, thank you for correcting me in that. Guys, I've witnessed our staff reach out to one another and said, you know, I was hurt by this that you said. And rather than us, well, I said that because, like a spiritual teenager, we said, I'm sorry, how can I make that up to you? Like an adult. It's incredible. They'll ask things like, where does the church need help? And guys, what I want to talk about is what it means to be a spiritual parent. See, spiritual child, spiritual baby, spiritual child, spiritual teenager, spiritual parent even, or spiritual adult, I'm sorry. All those three things, everybody's saying they want to become a spiritual adult. That's not what Jesus had in mind. Neither one of those things. Think about that. We're all striving to be an adult. But, a, but what we need to be striving for is to be a parent. And a parent is one who is intentionally looking to disciple and pour into the lives of other, of other believers and vigorously defend the unity of the church. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. And this is after his resurrection and he saw his disciples. And he says, so the 11 disciples, look at this, went to Galilee, to the mountain Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came up and said to them, all authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make, make disciples of all nations. Not converts. Disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What's that first word, New City? Teaching them. To do what? To obey. To obey what? Everything I have commanded you. Teaching them to obey me. Jesus says, if you obey me, you love me. So we're teaching people really to love Jesus. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. He has not called us to be spiritual adults. He's called us to be spiritual parents. Teaching people to be obedient to him. Does anybody else find that wild? Anybody else find that just crazy? That he has called us to being a spiritual parent, not a spiritual adult? Everybody says, I want to grow up and be an adult. We are supposed to be parents in the word, parents in his kingdom, parents as disciples, parents as for those who are babies and those who are teenagers and even those who are grown up that still need to get that next step. He's called us to be disciple makers, not just disciples. He said, go make disciples, baptizing them. Yes, absolutely, making babies. Fun part. Everybody gets a woo-hoo-hoo, right? The hard part is teaching them to obey because everybody goes, I don't want to. I know. I know. I know. We don't want to because we don't get liked all the time. Every time we, we challenge somebody, you got to grow in this. I don't want to. I know, but you got to go this way. You're my child. I love you. I want you to go and do what God has said to do. Amen. Spiritual parents have a complete ownership of their own spiritual maturity. They are discipling others. And those folks themselves that they're discipling are actually maturing. They're able to see complex spiritual issues clearly the way God sees them. They serve, they go to small groups, they do Bible studies, they do mission opportunities, not simply for information download, but so that they can find other people that they want to disciple that God puts in front of them. So you can spot a spiritual parent by what they do and they say. First thing that I love what what spiritual parents will say is, hey, did you happen to go to so-and-so about that before you came to me? <laughs> Matt Miller said something in a meeting the other day. It was hysterical. He said, if you want to get people to quit gossiping to you, take that person they're gossiping about and go to the person they're gossiping about. Say, they've got something to tell you. They'll stop every time. You will never get another person gossiping to you. One of the reasons we have gossip in our churches, in our families, and in anything else, because we let it happen. We are to be spiritual parents spiritual parents will ask things like what are you going to do about that somebody says i've got this problem i need prayer what's your plan they'll ask how can i serve you they ask things like please keep me accountable i'm willing to submit to others in love they'll say things where do you see spiritual growth need in my life see the american church as we celebrate mother's day is made up of mostly christians that are not parents. And we celebrate parenthood. We have actual holidays based on parenthood. And yet for some reason, spiritually, we have tolerated people to stay where they are. 
And that's never been what God has called us to do. Amen? We celebrate those things, and we should. My question is, is it more important to the kingdom for eternity to be a spiritual parent? It's much more important than it is to to be a physical parent with physical limitations and a physical limited life because eternal life for much of us has is in the balance and it's based on whether or not we're going to decide to be a parent in spiritual matters I just want to do something we're going to have to do some things that is absolutely crazy in a church here in a minute that you were going we're going to talk you're going to go home but that was different in a very good way but I want you to to do something for me if you have a connect card in front of you hold it up connect cards some of you came into the service today and realized that you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ at all Here's what I want you to do. If you are someone who needs to be a baby, a newborn, as Jesus said, you can't come to know the Lord until you've been born again. If if you want to become a a, a new follower of of Christ, you would put your name and your phone number on that Connect card and write at the bottom, follow. And can I just do something, those who are writing follow? Man, give them a hand, please. Welcome them into the family. Welcome them into the family. Guys, if you realize this morning, and and you may, I want you to understand something. Maybe I should have given a disclaimer prior to the message, but if you're angry right now, thinking you got called out or something like that, I, I don't have anybody in name in mind. Let the Holy Spirit do his thing in your in your in your life, okay? Um, if you are a spiritual child, you've been born, um, and you say, you know, I need to become essentially a, at least a teenager. I don't know jack about the Bible. I don't know nothing. I need somebody to teach me what it means to grow. You will put your name and your phone number, and right at the bottom on your connect card, grow. And one of the pastors will call you for all these, by the way. We will contact you this week to make you that promise. One of the steps in that growth of being a baby Christian to being a even a even a non-baby, maybe a little little kid. And some of you have made that decision but have never been baptized. Guys, if that is you, right on the bottom of that baptism. If you've come to the conclusion, you know, I'm a spiritual teenager, man, I invite you to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And at the bottom of your connect card, write mature. You want to be grown up. We will contact you and, and find out how we can help you in that. We're not going to leave you out in the dark. We're not going to abandon you. If you're an adult and you've been convicted, you know, I think I had it all together, but I have nobody that I'm discipling. I ask that you put your name and number and write disciple at the bottom of your connect card. Parents, thank you. It's rare. The three ladies that came up here are actual spiritual parents. They are discipling six other, six other ladies, is that right? Six other ladies on Friday nights. They, they gather here and they're starting to push them. Morgan has a disciple group. Several of us have 
disciple groups that we're actually pushing, but it, it's rare in a church to have even that many. So I feel blessed. But I also urge you to never stop looking for those who now, for those who, who now and, uh, follow him more abundantly. And I encourage you to gather spiritual parents around you that will pour into you, making you a better parent. If that is you, and you don't have anybody that you're meant, being mentored by, guys, right at the bottom, mentor. And we'll contact you and see what we can do to help. I'm going to leave you with this. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 2. It says, so you, my what? Child. This is Paul writing to Timothy. So you, my child. <laughs> Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And entrust what you heard me say in the presence of many others as witnesses to the faithful people who will be competent to teach others as well. Go find people that are reliable. Go find people that are competent so that you can teach them what I've taught you and you can go teach them. They'll be able to teach others as well. We're not a truly a disciple until we're discipling other people who are discipling other people. Amen? That's what the scriptures say. Don't strive to be an adult. Strive to be a disciple maker, a parent. As we celebrate Mother's Day, be thinking about what that means for you, what you need to do. Be praying hard about those kinds of things. And let us contact you and see how we, what we can do to help. Amen? Amen. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for our mothers. Thank you for what it means and, and actually allowing us to do your work and to do your discipling and growing your kingdom and you using us the way you see fit. Lord, that is an amazing, incredible thing the, that you are the, the, the maker of heaven and earth, the alpha, the omega, the, the creator of absolutely every cell in our body as well as all the expanse of the universe. You have a deep desire for us to be parents in your kingdom, raising up children and teenagers and even adults for your glory. Lord, may we, may we be convicted in absolutely every way of ways that we have resisted being truly a disciple and a disciple maker. Send your son's beautiful, amazing, glorious, victorious, and awesome name. All New City Church says, Amen.